Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Hey there, before we get started on today's episode, I want to give you this opportunity to enhance your self-care. Part of self-care is having another individual come alongside you, whether you're looking at a coach, a spiritual director, or whatever means you have, so that you're not walking this journey alone, alone, that you have another person walking with you. And that is the Ministerial Coaching Initiative. I've been a part of that now for this past year, and as a coach, I have enjoyed walking alongside ministry leaders. This is a Lilly Foundation grant that is providing coaching through Point Loma Nazarene, their Center for Pastoral Leadership. So I'm what I'm going to do is put a link in the show notes for where you can go to get more information. You know, tell them the Krabby Pastor sent you. They'll laugh about that, but uh, tell them that uh, I sent you. So this is one of the avenues where I provide coaching for ministry leaders. And, and you know I do it independently as well and through several other places. So I wanted to offer this to you because, you know, maybe you'd like to try on coaching and maybe you'd like to make a commitment to do this is eight sessions and there is a cost involved it's a good deal because I was I'm always about the good deal <laughs> always so you know if you're going to try on coaching you don't want to try it on just once you know I'm gonna have one session just see how it goes I, I think you're at least gonna benefit from three to four to get a sense of whether it's a good fit and and how it's going to operate for you because uh, coaching is its own thing. It's not exactly therapy. It's not exactly a lot of stuff, but it's its it's its own entity that helps you discover and empowers you to discover some new solutions to existing situations or how you want to manage yourself in the midst of your ministry context. So maybe you want to check this out. The link is in the show notes. It will be there through the end of the year. And then the program does start in January. So that's why it's there for that long. So I hope you'll consider this. I've been working through a PDF file that says 50 ways to support your pastor across five dimensions of well-being. And I worked on a good share of it in our last episode, and I want to remind us that this connects back to episode 80, where the people at West Path, which is an agency of the United Methodist Church, identified five dimensions of well-being, physical, financial, emotional, spiritual, and social. And these 50 ways are divided into each one of these dimensions. And I got through most of it, But what I wanted to do was finish up the social dimension here 
because that's it's a really important area for you to consider how it is that you're supporting your own well-being. Again, I want to remind you that this document is available in the show notes, and uh, I will be sure to put that there so that you have your own copy where maybe you want to discuss some of this with your with your people in leadership. I wanted to go through this social dimension. And I think I want, what I want to start with, this is not necessarily in order that it's on their, their happy sheet here. And again, I do want to remind us that I think, I think these apply broadly to whatever denomination or tribe or that you hang with, wherever God has planted your feet at ministry, let's say. I think these apply very broadly to the life of ministry leaders. And I'm still pushing back on the 24-7 model that we have pushed into. And because I think we're overly pushed into levels of success, and frequently those levels of success are connected to now, some books say nickels and noses. Some say butts in the pew and bucks. That's another one. Where it's, you know, it's the money you raise. It's it's the number of people. And certainly the number of people, I mean, it's important. On the other hand, it's good to remember. And I was really reminded of this. Listen to, I've never listened to Christine Kane in a uh, Passing the Baton sermon that she gave. It's like 11 years ago. Because I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, when is I don't I'm not even was never familiar with her before. She's Australian and um, really great word, but it uh, it talks about how you're passing. Your main job is that you are a person who is responsible to pass a baton along to the next generation of followers of Jesus. So that was a great great reminder about what it is and what success really is about being sure that the uh, baton in the race is passed to the person coming up behind you that's going to go on ahead of you in the race. So anyway, I just want to remind us about success and have that in proper perspective for self-care reasons because you want to pace yourself accordingly. You, you can't move far and fast carrying a very, very heavy load. You, you just, you're going to, that's a recipe for burnout, actually. So, uh, and that has been my passion and concern after having served in pastoral ministry in a couple of different churches where I brought some revitalization in and got the people up and serving because I kept thinking, well, what, what value would Jesus have in having a church that is just, dotting its I's and crossing its T's and, and not really serving its community, not really serving the purposes of God. You know, God will just kind of let you dwindle away because God's way nicer than I would be. I might be smoting. I, smoting and thinking it's going to motivate people, which is just ridiculous, I know. but And that is why I am not God, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure, for sure. So uh, God's kindness leads us to repentance, right? Keep that in mind. Okay, I'm going to go back to these social dimensions because you're saying, what? Just get back to the list, will you? The ones I want to yammer on about. In the list of social dimensions near the end, 
It says, and again, these are kind of instructions to people who are in charge of caring for the pastor in any local congregation. Avoid scheduling church meetings or activities requiring the pastor's presence more than two nights per week. Now, you know, again, this is in honor of pace yourself. Pace yourself. After having very long work days and then they they roll into evenings, that can very easily become at least two 12-hour days. I've seen it happen. I've lived it before. And that just anything beyond that is just more than what you need to do with it. That kind of fits in with the one that was from the emotional dimension episode talking about identifying having you work with the pastor to identify which church programs and activities truly require the pastor's presence. Because in some cases it doesn't. We're trying not to be character driven or you know whatever have a have an individual pastor just be all that in a bag of chips because it's too easy for people to get very attached to whoever the pastor is and then it becomes about following the pastor and any good pastor knows that you want your people to follow Jesus right not the pastor is as much as that, you know, we secretly don't want to admit something like that. But it's nice, you know, it's nice to, to get the accolades. It's nice to have the respect. But really, you want your people to follow Jesus. So we're talking about how the pastor's time is used here. And this advocates no more than two nights a week should the pastor have to haul themselves out. Not only that, but many pastors have families And when the kids get to be a certain age, some friends have called those the busy years, you know, where you feel like you're just driving kids and spectating. There was one year, I think I, boy, I was so glad when golf season came because all I had to do was pick them up at the 18th hole. You know, that's it. As I had gone through, oh gosh, basketball and, and I had gone through, what else? Hockey and I had gone through baseball season. Yeah, so when it was all in one year. So yeah, golf was a treat. I just picked him up at the end. Not that I didn't want to see my kid golf, but you know, I mean, that alone is is taxing and you can say, well, I'll just dump that on my on my spouse. Mm, yeah. No. You you want to help. You want to be a, you want to be a part of that. You want to see that. So anyway, avoid more than two nights a week is there what they're advocating for. Okay, welcome the pastor, spouse, and family as a part of the congregation and community without unrealistic expectations or demands, such as, there's a such as here, such as expecting the pastor's children to always be perfectly behaved or expecting the spouse to be an unpaid staff member Oh my gosh, somebody out there is applauding that that actually made it into ink on a paper <laughs> somewhere. And I, yeah, I that expectation of an unpaid staff member, you know, it's like, oh, you can play the piano, wink, wink. You know, why I don't get this something for nothing deal 
that some churches seem to have. And, and I, I experienced that many years ago when I was asked, well, you can be on my staff. What's the least amount that we can pay you? Which I thought was, I thought, this is a rude question, isn't it? <laughs> you know? And I should have, had I been a little older, you know, female, I might have said something, but I wasn't. And I just felt like I had to go home and calculate something. And I felt very pressured because I thought if I get this wrong, I'm going to, you know, not get the position. Or if I then if I state an amount that I think is an appropriate pay, I might not get the job. Or maybe I should just say, oh, you don't have to pay me at all, which then has your congregation not ascribing a proper value to what you bring to the table. So, you know, that might not be the same in some nonprofit startups or that kind of thing, but it, it was it was pressure. It was pressure for, you know, wink, wink, how cheap can we get you, which I think is an incredibly rude question. And the rude thing is a big deal because it's love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude. Just saying. Let's see. Encourage the pastor's participation in a clergy accountability support group and allow him or her time during the work week to participate. So pastors, if you are attending a clergy accountability or support group in some fashion, that counts as your work hours. That's part of what you are being, I guess I want to say paid for. You know, that's, that is a part of your work is to stay connected to other pastors and be accountable and get the support that you need from other people and have a place that you can, again, process. And you do not have to get off the clock to do that. Just saying. Encourage the pastor to socialize with others outside the church, in quotes, family, with whom he or she can step outside the pastoral role for a period of time. And this is this is important. It, this is a self-care thing. What happens when you socialize, It's because this kind of goes hand, hand in hand with the next one. So let me just include that for the sake of conversation. It's not really conversation. It's a monologue. This is a monologue here, but for the sake of my monologue here, understand that the social events with church members, although it's fun for everyone, it says, are not always truly social events for the pastor who can be pulled into the pastoral role at any time. And that's, that's a thing. That is definitely a thing that you get pulled into a pastoral role when you are with church members not not always not 100 percent of the time because i know somebody's saying well i you know my doesn't work that way for me well yay for that and for you about that but in many cases what happens is you know you put the pastor hat off and then you put the pastor hat on and you know it's a matter of am i now on or off and we need some off time we need time where we can take the pastoral hat off. So that's why it's important to socialize with others outside of your church family. They also say 
respect the pastor's time set aside to spend time with their family. Our first line of ministry is our family. Really? I can't tell you how many pastoral families have really suffered because pastors have, you know, set those things aside to the detriment of their families and their marriages. That is not, I don't think that is God-honoring. I just don't. So you want to for sure support that. Support the pastor also. Here's another one. Support the pastor in getting out of town regularly, particularly when serving in a small town, so they can engage in activities outside the church's direct mission field. Just saying. You need to step back from the work environment. Yes, it's a calling. Yes, it's a vocation. But it's also a demanding one, and and you need to just step back for a moment. Now think about when Jesus stepped back from the throngs of people wanting stuff from him and went up to the mountain and prayed. Now, maybe that wasn't social, but maybe he brought a disciple or two. Then it is, sort of. That's a bit of a stretch, but you kind of get the picture. Even Jesus stepped back for a minute and had to come up for air. And if Jesus had to come up for air, then I think we do as well. We do as well. And I'm going to finish up with this one. Nobody ever encouraged me to do this, but encourage the pastor to engage in hobbies and enjoyable recreational activities outside the church setting. And this is a facet of self-care that I label as create and dream. Uh, You need to have a hobby or something where when you do it, you lose track of time. And that's because you can only focus on that one thing, not on the 50 or more things at, at the church that are calling for your attention. And by focusing on just one thing, Actually, neuroscience says your brain rests a bit from the, the demand of a heavy load or lots of things on your to-do list. All of that becomes, for a time, non-existent. And you can just focus on one thing exclusively. So, so I'm going to leave that there. There's way more on that list and maybe you'd like a copy so that you can see that someone actually did write these things down. People in official capacity, people who care deeply for the well-being of those who serve in churches and church plants. And so these are suggestions I guess. I think they're more than suggestions, really. I think it's more of a list of this is the way it ought to run, folks, and how to support your your ministry leader, your main pastor in your church. So maybe this episode and the one before is something you want to share with church board members. You could use the podcast for a discussion along with the 50 ways sheet and use that to talk through the things on the list here that you want to own and and maybe the things that you don't and talk through why that is and that way you can get the support that you need 
from your congregation leaders. Hey friends, the Krabby Pastor podcast is sponsored by Bryce Art Glass, and you can find that on Facebook. I make stained glass, that's part of my self-care, and also by Bryce Coaching, where I coach ministry leaders and business leaders, and so the funds that I generate from coaching and from making stained glass is what is supporting this podcast, and I will have opportunities for you to be a part of sponsoring me. And as always, you can do the uh, buy me a cup of coffee thing in the um, in the show notes. But I will have some other ways that you can be a part of getting the word out about the importance of healthy self-care for ministry leaders. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor.